After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile high quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Wednesday night after we have finally returned from Las Vegas, Nevada at NBA Summer League, and what an experience it was. I'm Deuce Mason, alongside Morgan Reagan, and Morgan, four days in Vegas, we spent four nights in Vegas, I'm convinced that is about 17 days in any other city. That's fair. I mean, because you're not really sleeping. But at the same time, you're not... As long as you're not, like, binge drinking, like some people go to Vegas for (laughs) a weekend and binge drink, as long as you're not, like, binge drinking and you're staying up for a long time, like, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Those 17 days, well, really, four nights, it's all good. Basically, the days were watching basketball pretty much all, all day. day. All day. Going back so to fun. the hotel. Maybe get a little... Like, I got a little nap in before going out. A little 15-minute nap. for me. Take a shower, get ready. Let's do dinner. And then you're out until, like, 4, 4 4.30. Yeah. Getting, like, four hours of sleep. But it was so much fun. And we have a lot to talk about on the podcast from our observations being at the NBA Summer League. Before we get to that, yes. how about some good news? Some really cool news for us. We have such fun news, you guys. Well, first things first with Morgan. She's actually going back to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> you're going back to Vegas on Friday yeah. because on Saturday you're going to be on the call for junior NBA games. Yeah. Like the most talented 13, 14-year-olds 
I know. In the world. They, oh, my God. We'll be in Vegas for a showcase, a ju- junior NBA showcase. You guys, their real GM pages are truly something <laughs> else. It's, I'm kidding. They don't have that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm super excited to uh, be calling those games. There's two of those games going on on Saturday. So excited for round two of Vegas. It will be a little different um, because I have this gig. But, yeah, excited to do it. Now, the other cool news that we're going to be a part of. So cool. It's ap- actually happening starting Thursday, a.k.a. tomorrow. Morgan Reagan, you will be on the NBA app for the Hornets-Pelicans game. Yes. At 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Summer League basketball. She is going to be paired with Gravis Vasquez, former Yay! Sacramento King for a second. He's such a hoop. I so love it. you're going to be with him, and it's kind of like a watch party in a way. The That's game's going to be on. You guys are going to be hanging out, talking hoops. It's on the NBA app. I was playing with it today. So when you go to the NBA app and download for free, you go to games, you click on the game. Yeah. There's going to be two. It's going to say two feeds or something. It's going to be like the normal broadcast feed. Sure. And to attack the basket, it's good. Or the Morgan Ooh, Reagan feed, nice. which is actually, I don't know that I love this title, but we're going with it. It says influencer. Wait, where did it say influencer? When you click on the right feed, it's influencer. So what? when you click on the influencer feed, it's going to take you <laughs> to a video of Morgan Reagan and Gravis Vasquez hanging out watching Hornets Pelicans. I will be influencing the <laughs> shit out of you. So be ready. And the next day, Friday. Deuce yeah, Mason let's go. will be live on the NBA app for Knicks Celtics. I will be paired with Festus Azili. So My excited. Guy, former Warriors for big man, of course, played his high school ball at Jesuit in Sacramento. Uh, had a chance to talk with him in Vegas, and then I ran into him at the game. We ran into him. So it's so honestly sweet. such a cool opportunity because um, we're going to be on the NBA app hanging out watching games mm-hmm. with couple of former nba players super excited for the opportunity the reason we tell you is not just to brag about it It, obviously it's a cool thing for us but we want to encourage you guys to make sure you're there for it hang out because it's get supported yeah never know maybe we do a good job we can get other uh, opportunities during the regular season for these maybe they want more of us hey so download the nba app right freaking now and be ready for tomorrow and friday and thank you for your support it's gonna be fun you know, and it's it's a little weird because if one, if me and you were doing a game, oh, we'd God. just be hanging out, having a good time. But you don't know Gravis Vasquez. Uh, you met him like on a Zoom thing. Yeah, and obviously, I don't know Fest- a long time ago. Yeah, back when you played here briefly. Yeah, uh, I met Festus the other day. Hot second. He's a good guy. Though. Such a sweetheart. Oh, that guy. No, really, that's what I, I really like that they keep picking. Um, obviously, like energetic, nice former players that. Um, that just really seem excited and open about it. And I think that's the funnest part about it, especially just seeing where broadcasting and the media world keeps evolving into. And it's cool that we get to be a part of this. Super excited for us. I'm so excited. I really am. (laughs) Also coming up Friday, we are releasing a conversation we had in Las Vegas with Colby Jones, the Kings rookie. We had the chance to sit down with him for, I don't know, like 10 to 12 minutes something like that but it was cool hanging out with them and uh it was a really cool conversation so we'll be releasing that on friday yeah it was it was fun um you know you can say short and sweet but like sometimes with some of these younger guys too you just never know what type of answer you're going to get and 
Um, it was good. He seems like a really nice guy, which seems like that's what this organization is all about, right? Recruiting or um, scouting these good high IQ players that are not only going to be obviously making an impact on the court, but um, being able to be part of that good culture off the court. Well, let's talk about our experience in well, Vegas. Let's talk about it. It was a lot of fun to be in the building for Victor Wembenyama's first game. We have been at Summer League many times. I remember one year I went was when Lonzo Ball was a rookie. In that place, there was a legit buzz in the building. That was a team that had like Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, oh my God. Alex Caruso, Kuzma. Like yeah. that was a stacked team, but like Lonzo had so much hype. He was a number two His pick. Dad and was in the stands. Yeah. Dude, it was a legit buzz. I was not there for Zion's first game, but Victor's, like, dude, that, that place was sold out. And I think one of my biggest takeaways from just being in Vegas, and I've been there many times for Summer League, I've never seen it. And I'm not just talking about day one, I'm talking about even the last day we were there so packed for games it was um it was like people so many basketball fans wanted to not only witness this but just craved more basketball since it's been gone right and i think that's what makes summer league so fun year after year but this year especially just a different energy with how packed it was, um, how excited people were to see Victor Wimbanyama. Every single move of his was was being watched <laughs> yes, from was, the tunnel all the way walking in. <laughs> I mean, and by the way, before that in Vegas, he started off with his whole all that drama with Britney Spears oh when God, yes. when it's like. And by the way, um, go Britney. I love Britney, um, but. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He physically did not do anything to Britney Spears. And it's like, it's it's part of his group, his security that got in the mix of things and how he handled it uh, the next day too. It's just like his maturity. And he's just so ready for all these things. And the only thing he wasn't ready for was that first game. Was it true, Britney? All she was trying to say to him was, you're so lucky you're a star, you know, like... <laughs> And then the situation got so toxic. No. What else? I have more, but I'm done. I'm out. No, I'm shocked that you didn't go with any hit I, me, I, baby. I, you know, I, that one was too obvious, so that's why I didn't want to go there. I went a different route. I was trying to get you going. Do you like the first one? That's a that's a deep Britney cut. I mean, it, Britney's iconic. You're not, so lucky. Yeah, no, no. Everyone You're knows so it. I didn't. No, I don't think everyone knows it. Yeah, you do. We have some younger people who listen to us that have no idea what we're referencing right now. Check it out. YouTube it. I don't give a damn. Figure it out. Uh, She's an icon. Situation got toxic. Yeah, no, we, That's we heard it. That's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know My favorite part is when Deuce likes a song and literally doesn't know a single lyric. Hey, you know what? Hey, <laughs> you. <laughs> That's what we're going to say there. Um, anyway, Victor Wimbanyama on the court, though, leading in that first game, um, even before we get to that first game with him and what happened on the yeah. floor, um, but just going through warmups, everything. I mean, people are like, oh, my God, he missed that layup. How did he blow that shot? <laughs> I will oh say this. God. I'm watching his warmups and he did like a sidestep three. That was a complete air ball. And I was like, 
Oh, man. But you just think about the amount of pressure that is on this guy. Yeah. Like, unlike anything we have seen in the league. Because mm-hmm. even if you want to say LeBron got hyped, which he was, Woj is going on TV calling him, like, the chance to be the greatest prospect in any major sport in history. Like, there's been some crazy shit said about him. He could have an impact day one. And so he goes out there. And that first game, there were some oohs and ahs. But then there was a lot of like, Ugh, uh, what's happening? Charlotte was beating the hell out of him. They were oh. like throwing guys at him. He's stumbling around. It was a rough outing for him that first game. And, of course, you knew what the reaction was going to be on social media. See, this is what happens. Oh, media yeah. goes crazy. Hype, hype, hype. Yep. Doesn't live up to hype. So then we start going, oh, he's a plus. Social media was unbelievable that night because of that. NBA summer. League. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a damn who you are. And at the same time, yes, when Brandon Miller is playing like shit in the California Classic, we're looking at that and going, why didn't you guys draft Scoot? I get it. Like, those conversations are going to be there. But for Victor Victor Wembenyama, I just thought it was, like, a strange overreaction from people after all the special basketball we've seen. Now, I think what people are noticing, too, for this cheat code to be out there, there's still going to be um, an answer, a solution to stopping him, especially since he's so young and he's going into his first year in the NBA. But he did talk about, too, like in these next couple of months that he plans on basically working on his game at a different level to to create something special, to even be even more different. I do think what gets lost in the conversation about him is his season just ended. And that. It just ended. He just played 40-plus game season. Draft happens, then back to playing basketball. The rest of these guys who are playing the summer league, like they've been off. They've been off for months now throughout the process. So I think that, you know, after the wear and tear of competing, going deep into the playoffs like his team did, like I'm sure there's going to be some fatigue factor coming into play. New game. You're playing with new teammates. It's just going to be different. His second game was a lot better, too. I mean, he was awesome in the second game. He had some great moments. I think my big takeaway watching him was like, one, it's crazy to see a guy that size with handles and some nice passing ability. He has that. Sometimes it's not always pretty, but then he drops a dime. You're like, God damn, this is really nice. And then the next thing to me is just, I think defensively right away, he is going to be an impact player as as a rim protector. I mean, he came out and blocked Brandon Miller's three point attempt. That I mean, that alone without even with barely even jumping off the ground. But, um, but you think about his ability to still move with guys, mm-hmm. and even if he's on your hip and you're a little bit in front of him, you ain't shooting that. You ain't getting that yeah. layup on him because he's still going to recover and block like with his length, um, um, with his body size and everything it's just so unique it's so different and not only is that going to happen but you're exactly right everything else we were even watching in his bad game it was all the other little things that you like he's just a smart player and i think sometimes from some of these younger guys you don't always see that you always see like oh man he's really out of place or oh he looks like he lost all of his confidence you never felt that way with victor and yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do at the next level. He's going to be fine. I, and yeah. I don't know what game it's going to happen. I, I'm going over under 
15 games into the NBA season until Pop like ends up losing his mind on the media about mm. him because it's just going to be unfair. Like let this kid grow. Mm -hmm. He's still a very young player and it may take him some time to reach the levels that some observers think he can reach. Like it's we we're so, we want instant gratification like immediately with these guys. I'm like, dude, I watched him. I don't know that I trust the jumper right away. It may take him some time, and that's okay. It's a, he's allowed to take a couple of years. When you say, one, yes, two. When you even mentioned what Woj had said <laughs> as the the whole draft process was going on, do do people say these things? So then they look back and they go, I said it first. Because I'm not going to lie, like sometimes that can be fun. I always love, <laughs> I love telling people, I'm like, yeah, Deuce and I were interviewing Scoop before anyone else. Mark Spears was trying to drop that on us. He, like, he was sitting next to us at, uh, at the you, Scoop. Did, you know, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. He brought this. So, so the Scoot, Scoot is playing, the crowd is filling in even for Scoot, right? And Mark Spears is sitting next to us and he goes, <laughs> you guys don't even know. I was, uh, I was I was writing about Scoop before anyone was, and I was like, Mark, you don't even know. We were interviewing Scoop right there in that radio booth last year when no one was talking about him. And he's like, hmm, okay, okay, I see you. But it, but anyway, my whole point is, yeah, sure, it's fun sometimes to rub that in someone's yeah. face. But when you go to the level of Woj saying what he said about Victor Wimbanyama, what is the point of doing that? Well, I think you you hope that people who are in those positions are just saying what they mean okay i mean i i don't know that Woj is a hot take guy but no i think he's you know talking to execs i think he's just talking to people and you know i think sometimes the media they get caught up in the buzz a little bit and let's be honest i don't think the nba is mad at it they're not mad that all these people that they, they're selling out las vegas like both yeah. gyms are just packed all yeah. the time People are in town. The ratings for it were great for summer league games. Yeah. During a dead time in the sports calendar, really, you got to think. Th there's a reason the, the ESPYs are on when they are on. Because it's a dead time in sports. Baseball's in the all-star break. What else is going on? Football's not really a thing. It's summer league. That's it. So, I mean, I think part of it is the hype is good for the business. I think it it's, it's unfair in a lot of ways. But ultimately, I walked away looking at Victor going, damn. This, he has a chance to be really special. Breaking news. I'm not. Yeah. We all watched it, but seeing it in person, just seeing a guy that size, even me mentioning the fact that he blocked Brandon Miller's shot. Let's just talk about a seven four guy is defending Brandon Miller. Yep. That's pretty outrageous. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he looks like in his rookie year. Yeah, I'm with you. And and again, we can talk about everything he can do on the floor, but I just think his personality yeah. and mentality alone is so perfect not only for the Spurs organization, but just for others that he's paving the way for are going to look at him and like, how did he see so much success? Well, he's a unique player, one. Mm -hmm. But two, like, look where his head's at. Look where his mentality is at. He's just so mature, and that is what's something that is going to carry him, uh, carry with him for a long time and help him have a long career. You mentioned Scoot Henderson. Of course, we saw him in action, then he got hurt. Um, and doesn't look like it's anything serious. Scoot, man. Oh, that my. is fun. He's well, a he's a fun player to watch. I just like he plays with such force, getting to his spots. If he can legit hit that jumper at the next level, it's gonna be nice. Get the yep. mid-range going, the attacking, the playmaking. I love what he 
brings from an intensity wise defensively. I love Scoop. I I love Scoop, love man. Scoop. I I mean, you talk about him from intensity wise. Who was he guarding that first game that we were? Was it Brandon Miller or wait, were they playing Charlotte? No, they weren't playing Charlotte. Uh, I forget who he was guarding. Damn it! And it was someone that was you know few inches taller than him, whatever. And we were talking about this dude because we were like, look who they're shoving him on. They're just putting him on whoever. And he's capable of keeping, of just using his strength and his body to keep guys out of the paint, to hold his own, even if he's, if someone's posting up on him or whatever it was. But yeah, Scoot looking, looking smooth on the offensive end with his handles uh, between the legs. I don't know if that's like from working with Steph Curry as well and obviously everything that um he's been working on but either way it he got some oohs and ahs and I'm sure some Charlotte Hornets fans are or were especially after that first game of Scoots like damn what did our organization do weren't they playing the, the Rockets, Rockets in the first summer league game if I'm not mistaken yeah yeah maybe it was Almond was it Almond Thompson that he was guarding yeah Okay. He did at times. I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, it was some amazing flashes. Yeah. The NBA is just in a great spot when you're top, you know, well, he's not, he wasn't the number two pick. The number three pick, Scoot, is going to be a really good player. And Victor is going to be a really, really good player. I just, I'll say with any young player, just allow, allow these guys to grow a little bit. Yeah. Allow them the time. Like, like let's not pile on. I, I just saw enough from them in the summer league when I went, that I walked away going, damn. These, these are some impressive players. Yeah, they just have it. And again, both those guys, you can talk about just having a great head on their shoulders mm -hmm. as well. Um, some other players that I wrote down who jumped out to me at the Vegas Summer League, Jabari Smith Jr. Oh, my of. goodness. So happy for him. Um, some people are like, why, why is he playing in the Summer League? Which, dude, let these guys play. Yep. Like, let them go out there and get some run. He said he wasn't good his first year. He wanted to get better. And so he went out there and he was unbelievable in some of the games we watched, Morgan. It's it's just like, I mean, just like what you're saying, how people say that about some of these NBA guys. And you saw Keegan do what he did. And it gives you, as someone just viewing the game, that assurance like, oh, yeah, they, they belong. They belong. Jabari Smith Jr. had those type of games. And... um just great job by him. I mean, not only what he was doing on the inside, but he was knocking down the long ball as well. And it was just really fun to watch. There are times last year, and I know he came on toward the end of last year with Houston. And th that situation was a complete mess. A ton yep. of young guys, you know, a coach and Stephen Silas ends up getting let go. And I think a lot of people are questioning Jabari. Like, oh, is he good? And it's like, again, another young guy. And here he is year two at Summer League and he just dominates. Like you said, it's knocking down threes. It's playing good defense. It's dunking on people and staring them down. He just looked like a guy that was playing with so much more confidence this season. Like he really tried to expand his game and to prove like, no, I'm not just going to be a spot up shooter from the outside. I'm going to attack. I'll bring the ball up and I'm going to show you that I can play with confidence a little similar in a different way to Keegan Murray playing sure. the California Classic. It's like Keegan Murray didn't really play in those summer league games. He was a starter for a playoff team, but he worked on some things this offseason. He wanted to try them out, and there's nothing like live game action to test that shit out. No, and being able to show some of that dominance uh, against some of these other guys that might not be in the NBA yet or trying to get in the NBA, um, 
I'm sure it can really help with that confidence as well. It's something that you and I always talk about. And I think a lot more people have this narrative now around the G League and um, and really when guys sometimes get sent to the G League, mm -hmm. it's not a demotion. It's truly just a place for them to regain that confidence, to work on some things, to rehab, whatever it may be. But really that confidence factor is something that comes to mind. And you saw the way that he was playing out there. He looked pretty damn confident. His, his teammate Tari Easton looked good too. Oh uh, my! He had some really good moments. Houston's got some talent, man. They do. They got some young talent. Um, the other guy I wrote down, who the second round pick by Denver, Hunter Tyson. Remember we were watching him, and I got all pumped <laughs> up watching. Talking about dude, him. the guy's six nine, got some good size. He plays with an edge, knocking down shots, getting mad, hitting the basket stanchion. I like Hunter Tyson. Oh, yeah, I remember. He, <laughs> yeah. was, he was amped. He was just like someone with a lot of energy. Yeah. And do I really do appreciate those people, especially when they can, um, when it's not chaotic too, and they can kind of like bring it in and not allow it to be something that can deflate an entire team or um, be about them. It was just him pumping himself up. And yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed watching him out there. Yeah. We had a chance to to be out there for two King Summer League games. Um, we only got two in, right? Because the schedule was so weird. It was like that first day, and then they had two days off, uh -huh. and then there was another Monday. game. Um, it, it's interesting seeing this team play without Keegan Murray because you're really curious to see what it was going to look like for them this year uh, playing in the, in the Summer League. And... I'm curious just for you, anything that's jumped out, maybe from Colby Jones, your first impressions watching Colby Jones play an extended run in the summer league for the Kings. One of my favorite things about watching him so far is him on the defensive end. And I know for some it's like, well, isn't he gonna be a little undersized? You know, or or just depending on what his role is even going to be with the Sacramento Kings. Um, I think what he does such a great job of is moving his feet staying in front of guys and then holding his own again another guy with that just utilizes his strength uh to his advantage and but also knows how to move well uh also while keeping his hands up and staying active with his hands and i think sometimes that's really hard to be able to do all of those things uh consistently especially when you're getting a lot of time running up and down the floor there's going to be some letdown I never saw that with him. I thought he just did a fantastic job just knowing where to be on the floor at so many times. Again, his IQ stood out to me. Yeah, his numbers right now to start st Summer League uh, in Vegas, 12 points a game, 4.7 rebounds, and three assists. The shooting numbers uh, for the field, just under 44%, and just under 30% from three, which is a bit surprising, but at the yeah. same time... Some of these numbers, it's like, I don't know what to make of them. We're talking about three games, a three-game sample size in the season. But I, I've I've been confident in his ability to take and hit that shot, too. I'm not really worried about that at all. But, yeah, I just like how he plays. I mean, he, he plays tough. He's in there fighting for rebounds. I know a lot of people brought up the Josh Hart comparison a little bit. I'm like, I see a little bit of that in him. I can see that. I, yeah. I mean, I, I understand it. And sometimes it's easy for, for us to make those NBA comparisons. But... But yeah, I mean, and like you already said, you and I got to talk to him off the floor. So I, I, I enjoyed him on and off the floor and just depending on what his role is going to be or what his minutes are ever going to look like. I'm curious how he will make the most of them. Another guy that's 
been talked about a lot lately has been Jordan Ford because he's had a I really know. strong summer league. The St. Mary's product. We got to see him a lot last year with the Stockton Kings and he had some really good moments. The most random shit about Jordan Ford that the broadcast might have talked about, but we mentioned this last year during our Stockton games. He was like an expert chess player. Yep. As a youth, like we're talking about winning championships amazing at chess not like oh he's good for a little kid he's at so chess good. no no th- he was an elite chess player yeah what it what i don't it? even know how to play chess i know neither do that was something i wanted to learn this summer i was gonna try I'm not gonna ask him to teach me either no i just don't i'm good wow that's you should be more open-minded i don't think i have the the, the intelligence to do it i don't i honestly think it's an intimidating game but actually, no, you're probably... Uh, you know what I do? You, I, I look at that and go, I want to play checkers with these things. No, you play checkers with them. Deuce okay. can't even play Connect Four and win, so... Uh. <laughs> okay. Someone's got to lose in Connect Four. <laughs> Someone's got, and somehow it seems to always be red, Deuce. Anyway, Jordan Ford in the Summer League, 16 points uh. a game. He's shooting it well from three. 40% from three, 49% from the field, 4.7 assists, just under three rebounds in the three summer league games. And I think a lot of people are looking at him because the Kings lost Della Vadova. He went mm-hmm. back to go play in the NBL. So there is a spot potentially open for a third point guard if the Kings choose to go that way. You know, could he have a roster spot? Could he be the Kings' third two way player? There's so many questions. I would say this for Jordan. He's played well enough now that he's likely going to get a camp invite by the Sacramento he Kings. Sh- like mean, he he's, should. He's been in their system. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's shown the ability in this summer league that he can push the pace. They want guys to push. He pushes the pace. He's knocked down his shot efficiently. I don't know that he's going to get that a roster spot. I think there's a chance he could be a two-way candidate. I do. I think there's a chance he's a two-way candidate who would likely still spend a lot of time in Stockton. I think one issue with Jordan that's kind of plagued him is just, it's not like anything he does wrong. No, it's simply like a size issue. I mean, he's just a small guy and it's not just being a smaller guy. You and I were talking about this and we were talking about like, you know, someone like Nate Robinson was like bulldog, you know, explosive. Yes. And, and like, uh, even Isaiah Thomas, who was smaller, but still at times that's when his strength would be able to shine through. And other times it was a liability. And I think with Jordan Ford, it's, I mean, you and I have now called plenty of his games and he can just go off and mm-hmm. he's so fun to watch. And, and sometimes he knows exactly how to use his size on the offensive end with nice little floaters, his timing, just smart player, but it's the defensive end. That's what it is. And, and defensively, it's not like he doesn't compete either. Oh, no. Like, that's the thing. He does compete, and, and he's a smart player. Yep. It's just there. there's some disadvantages he has. But if I'm if I'm the Kings based on how he's played, one, you invite him to training camp. The guy's been Agreed. in your system. And two, if he plays well in training camp, give him a two-way spot. Like, the other thing is with two-way spots, they're not guaranteed deals. And no. now you have a third one. Right. It's not a terrible thing to do, especially rewarding a guy who's been in your system, who's worked hard, that you have obviously invested in to develop yep. even more at, at this level. Makes some sense. Long season. Yep. You obviously need another point guard. You just, I mean, 
you do. You just never know what's going to happen. You saw what happened last year at times when Matthew Delavadova had to play. Um, which, by the way, Matthew Delavadova was at that first game. <laughs> I love that, dude. So cool. We we the first summer league game. It was Delavadova, Trey Lyles, Sasha was there, mm -hmm. Keegan, mm -hmm. Kevin Herter. Mm -hmm. Am I missing one? Davion. Davion Mitchell, of course. Duh. With, with the his, basketball, with basketball in hand. All right, so there is a brief moment, secret time. Ooh. We were out with oh. a friend. <laughs> yes. And we had a couple of drinks, right? It's evening time, right? Well, it was it was Devon's birthday, though. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know we were dropping names here, yeah, but yeah. our friend Devon, happy yeah. birthday to Devon. We were like, Devon, hey, we're all done for the day. Mm -hmm. Let's go get, let's go have some drinks. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple of drinks, and we're walking back to the hotel, and I see Davion probably like 15, 20 feet away from me, walking through this like mall area. Crystal and he had his, mall, yeah. And he had his ball. And I went, Morgan. He's dribbling it, though. He was dribbling like, Morgan, should I run over from behind and knock the ball away? And there was a brief moment I was going to do it. But it felt like it could have been a bad situation. What if he like didn't know, got scared, here punched was, me? Here was the thing though, too. But we, it could have been worth a good view if oh, I got punched. Like my, if you're like, hey, record this. All of it could have been great. Because <laughs> obviously, we you know, we've we've talked to Davion. We know Davion. Yeah. We love him. But also, like as an NBA player, there's always people trying to get his attention. Yeah. There's always people that are like, hey, can you sign this, Davion? Can you take a picture of this? All the damn time. The poor guy. And we at first gave like a quick because he was farther away, and we we're like, "Davion!" And you can tell he was like, "I got, I gotta move. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if this is some stupid fan. I gotta move." And um, you should have gone and I know picked I him. Know. That would have been. But it was also you know you'd be you, like, "Who's off night now?" You had a couple of drinks in there, and all of a sudden there's an issue with security. They, they oh, throw me a rest. Yeah, they go. This guy was drunk in public. I get I mean, arrested. You but you weren't. I know. <laughs> like, literally not at all drunk at that point. So it would have been like, no. But. <laughs> I should have done it. You should have done it. Um, Could have been funny. Yeah. So it was cool to see those guys. Right. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Del, Del Vadova was there. Anyway, we were talking about Jordan Ford. Point guards. Yes. I think Ford's going to have a shot. He, he's earned more than earned a training invite, training camp invite, based on how he's played during the summer league. Um I'm trying to think of some other guys who have jumped out. Go ahead. Namiya Skeda. Yeah, man. Namiya Skeda got hurt. Now he's out for the rest of summer league. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of an up and down stretch for Namiya. I, I expected, you know, I know we had talked about before Vegas. I want to see him be a little more aggressive. There are some stretches where, oh, he took over in a late game, did some nice things, had some nice yep. blocks. I just wanted to see uh, maybe a little more scoring from him. His, let's see, what... Yeah, way more. I see. I haven't looked at the averages because the sample size in two games in Vegas, seven point five points for him, seven rebounds, an assist and a half, and one block per game. You know, he still doesn't have a contract yet at this I point. Know. And I, the Kings obviously invested in him the last couple of years. Second round guy. We talked about why his first year was such a challenge, right? He was just up and down from the roster. Just didn't play enough. Right? He was yeah. on the big roster for stretches and not playing. He, he just needed to play. He was not getting game minutes because he was just so much back and forth and then not finding a consistent groove, on, uh, like an identity on a team. And I think that's the biggest thing for him. And I mean, just any of these guys we start talking about in summer league or the for these fringe NBA guys yeah. who are just trying to get in and, and earn like a full time contract, they'll go, man, but you see it sometimes. It's like, yes. 
Exactly. Because when you get to this level, all these guys are good, right? What's going to separate you? Obviously, there's guys who are better, right? Sure. But it's consistency. It's doing it every single day and not having stretches where you're like, where, where is this guy tonight? Yep. You know, when you look at a player. So I think that's kind of hurting to me. It's, although he had a really good year in the G League last year. You can have your moments once you're established, yeah. right? Like, or, or even have more of a role on, on an NBA team, whatever. But you're exactly right. With Nimi, it's, it's more when we see these flashes it gives us like, God, it's there. Yep. It's there. But why, why isn't it there consistently all throughout his G League games, all throughout um, a summer league? You know, because he's been there. He's been working on it. And we've seen his improvement. But also, yeah, it's frustrating at times when he's just not dominating out there. And he should be. Can we give some love to the people hanging out with Hello, us tonight? Hello, people hanging out with us. On Wednesday night. Appreciate you guys so, so, so much Thanks. in the live chat. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed as well. All it does is help our channel grow. And we've been growing a lot. It's because you guys are doing that. And we just show up on more YouTube feeds. And it's yeah, great. Thank so. you so much. Yeah. Um, I I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Namias Keita the rest of the way. I, he's, he's a good enough player that he'll be invited to a training camp. He's got such good size. He can be a rim protector. I think for him, it's being able to stay on the floor, not getting into foul trouble and playing with an aggressiveness all the time. I remember we talked to Bobby Jackson last year, who's now in Philly uh, as a coach for the Sixers. In fact, Bobby Jackson coaching. We we actually said what's up to him. He's coaching the Sixers summer league team. Yeah. Um. He um. My point about him. Oh, he, we talked to him about Namias Keda, and his thing is like Namias is such a good guy. I just need him to be like aggressive, like like attack. almost mean, like be a little nasty. We need you to be a little mean out yep. there. Yep. Yep. And and you you can see it at times, and then you notice those other moments when. He gets frustrated yeah. and he shows the nasty and you're like, yes. So why does he have to be uh, provoked to get that out of him? Right. Like yeah. just bring it, just bring that sort of energy because when he is the one that is uh, turning to the hoop, squaring up and looking like a threat, even if he doesn't want to be a threat in that moment, which he's very capable of putting yeah. the ball on the floor and being a threat. Um, then it just like it does nothing for a team, and so yeah, that would that would be another thing that he could be working on. I still think I would, and look, there's so many things that go into getting guys to come to camp, like his agent. Every you know, there's so many yeah. hoops you have to go through. But if I'm the Kings, I would want to meet his Keda in training camp. You've invested a couple of years in him, right? Like, yeah. let's see what he could do during training camp. Let's see what he does the rest of the off season. It, you also have to be careful not to go crazy. To get super high on guys during summer league and super low on guys too. That's it. I mean that, and that goes for everyone. Yeah. I don't care if you're the number two round, number two round, number two pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, if you are someone who has been a vet and playing in the NBA and you're not having a great summer league, you just can't get too high, can't get too low. But there are times too when you can trust your eyes and 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 what you see on a consistent basis. Jalen Slauson, haven't really seen much from him. 
Yeah, that just really hasn't jumped out. I, I mean, that, oh, okay, the chase down block. Yeah. Last, yes, okay, the chase down block was nice. Yeah, and I think with Slauson too, it was. I don't. I didn't know what to expect from him. Sure. I think we got excited, and I kept reminding you after the draft too. I'm like, hey, second round picks, second round picks. Like, you you never know what you're yeah. going to get with the second rounder and what their game's going to translate to at that next level. Um, I I love his body size. Like, I feel like I talk way too much about guys and their body size, but I think now as the NBA keeps changing and you're seeing how valuable and important it is to have a taller person out there with a um, long wingspan that can kind of do it all. We're getting to that position yeah. with basketball or um, you don't want to be a liability at, at one spot or another. So you kind of have to be able to evolve into that. So I do really like his body size. Um, but yeah, there's just wasn't a ton of shine from him. Can we also take just a quick second? Yeah. And acknowledge how nerdy all of us are. I'm not just saying the people oh, watching yes. us. Nerds. Us, uh, we're nerds. That we're nerds. spending like we're doing a deep dive into players on a summer league roster. Right. Sacramento's different. We 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 are different people that we spend this much time going, all right, let's move on and hey. My dog, man. I mean, look, the guy's got experience playing overseas. 27 years old. He can hit the three. He's got good size. I wonder if that's a guy. I mean, can he get some run in Stockton? That's where we are at. Like, we are insane. We are, but... It's fun, but, but it's insane. Can this, we just... This is what I'll tell you, too, because I think there is a difference from being a nerd and then being um, not realistic yeah. about things. And I've, I've, I've heard some chatter with, with people about, like, you know... Even even if it was Jordan Ford, like he he needs to be that third string point guard, like just just like that because he's having a good yeah, summer league. I and see. I'm like, you guys, like we can break it down and analyze all these guys' games, but you also have to understand who they're playing against, what they're playing with, what's going yeah. on. Like you have to factor in everything. So get nerdy with it, you know, like have fun with it, but don't have these weird expectations uh, the guy i just love and i loved him last year and Ooh. i don't know where his spot is in sacramento he's on a two-way contract is keon ellis oh i mean he just plays defense offense oh, I all mean, of he gets into guys he was averaging during the summer league three games 3.3 steals per game dude he's a pest Sometimes it gets a little foul happy but it hasn't been too much of a problem in the summer league right. which has been great he's been able to knock down shots I like him attacking. Like, you, does he have a spot here? Because I, I feel like he plays with that type of intensity that you would like. And I wonder for him at the next level how much it has to do with, like, his size, right? He's he's long, but he's not exactly like a built guy either, right? Can he handle playing some legit NBA minutes against some of these bigger guys? I just love the intensity he plays with. I, I really like I, Keon. I, I'm totally with you on that. I think uh, another guy that they brought into their system that understands what he needs to do on the defensive end. And he's so active with his hands, so smart, um, understands the geometry of the floor and where he needs to be, knows how to navigate a screen. Just, I, I love it. And the activity that goes on with him. Now, with Keon, if he worked on, like, if his handles... I'm just going to, we're Steph Curry-esque. Okay. Like, okay. okay, okay. I'm trying to think of someone that's like, just, you know, if he could, if he was like the size of LeBron and like had Curry's handles and 
Uh, wait, maybe with the shooting too. I mean, you look at him and go, he can help your team. And was it? You think? I'm just trying. I'm no, 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 no. I wasn't even going to say how he can help his how help the team, <laughs> obviously. But I'm like, if he made his handles just like on a different level, like yeah, somehow, yeah, yeah. I just feel like there would be so much more potential in his ability to be in the uh, like an NBA player because he has it defensively yeah. uh, and i know we can talk about his size as well but like his activity in in He's high long, iq gets after it right it, it's it's a lot now those handles i'm telling you the way that he understands where to get where to be on the floor even on the offensive end like we've seen him utilize his handles just at this level between the legs get to a spot stop pop shoot boom oh get to the basket like it's there. Another guy I wanted to bring up to Morgan Reagan after yeah. talking about Keon Ellis. A guy that. Agree with my handles? I mean, uh, you sure. Uh, do I have to agree with it? Do you want me to expand more on no, this? I like, because I'm shocked. Because I, I am. I think he's shown some handles every once in a while. I don't know. I mean, I think for him, it, he's also, yeah, being able to run a team and be a, a, a lead ball handler a little bit would definitely benefit his game. Okay. And. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad he's on a two-way deal with the Kings. That's all I needed. Um, Kessler Edwards is someone I was excited to see in the summer league, and man, he's just struggled. He can't knock down a shot. Last night watching him, I th I felt like his confidence was zapped. You know, the Kings picked up his deal. It's a guaranteed deal. He's still young. You know what he can do defensively, and I think it's what we've been saying about Kessler. Yeah. It's simple for him. If he can knock down shots at an NBA level, mm. if he can hit an open three, he will have a spot in the league. So if he could shoot like Steph Curry. Okay. Thank you. He, I agree. Yeah. I agree. His, his length, his wingspan um, is exactly like where the, the league is going with uh, um, a lot of these players. And there's so much value in those guys. But then we talk about the value in shooting. I mean, look at so many shooters around the league where you're like, man, but they, they're not that great at defense, but they always find a role on a team because when you can add that offense, it, there's just something else to it, something else special that helps the rest of the team on the offensive end. Yeah, and also if he's playing with NBA spacing too, mm -hmm. it could look a lot different than it obviously does in the NBA Summer League where the Kings <laughs> really almost play the opposite of how they play in the regular season. Yes. This summer league team, it's like ugly. They score in the 60s. They can't shoot, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's in better moments last game. The uh, Well, the regular season squad has the number one offense and can't guard. Yep. So just interesting how that works out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I want to get to the super chat. Appreciate the super chat from Ants. Thoughts on signing Harry Giles third? Oh, it's cool to see that Harry Giles held a private workout for teams in Las Vegas Good for him. as Harry's trying to get back to the league. Um, I love Harry Giles. I, I know Morgan, you do too. Love One of my all time favorites. I mean, even think about the fact that this was a player who didn't spend like seven years in Sacramento. He spent mm -mm. a couple years in Sacramento before going to Portland. Right. And he embraced this city so much that when he was at the Kings playoff game against the Warriors, he got a standing ovation 
that doesn't happen in all places. And it's because like the guy like was so proud to be part of Sacramento, the city. He embraced it. He wanted it. He's just such a likable guy. And I've been rooting so hard for him. He hasn't played in a long time. And the Kings definitely have roster spots and you know, you can throw out training camp invites. I don't even know if the Kings were attending his workout. I have no idea. Actually, I think James Ham said today on D'Lo and KC that he doesn't think anyone from the Kings was there at the workout, but mm. doesn't really mean anything either. Yeah, yeah. My thing with Harry is this, like he's got to play. And I think if I were to advise him. Oh, you're an advisor. I would say, all right, Harry, go get a training camp invite, bust your ass, prove that you could stay healthy and be in training camp every day, that you could be a part of the morning session, the afternoon session, and then go do it again the next day. Be a part of it. Do whatever you can. And even if you don't make the team, hopefully you do enough that they want you on their G League team. And then you go to the G League, and then you play. Yeah. And you, you play every single night, and hopefully by you know, late December when the G league showcase is going on, you have proven that you have been able to stay on the floor, be productive, that you might get a call up. And and that's all there is to it because the guy hasn't played. We called his last basketball game. That was November, 2021 in the G league. He played the first three games of the season with the Agua Caliente Clippers he has not played since then. His last NBA action came in that 2021 season with Portland. The reality is, as much as I love Harry, as much as we all love Harry, he just has to prove he could stay healthy and, and on the floor. That's it. I mean, and I I think that's he's obviously working so hard to get there and do just that. And I want to sit here and say, like, yes, I think he can do that. I haven't seen it. Now, I love... I love your advice, and I think that is exactly the route he needs to go, especially since you and I have seen so many players on so many different levels out of the G League get into the league, whether it's to be a starting point guard and you know get a big-ass contract on from some team, or it's just to be a role player, or it's just to be an extra guy in – um, for the postseason or just to have some depth or whatever it is, I think if Harry is capable of doing that, and I'm just going to say he probably is at this point, and I'm just I'm just going off of, again, workout videos and just like being excited for him, then that is exactly the route he needs to go because availability is the best ability. I don't know why you always struggle with that. Abil- the best availability. No, the best ability See, you is availability. Me, you messed me up now. <laughs> the best ability is availability. Yeah. Get it right. I can't, and I never will. The other thing that I don't know the answer to, but like, I, I, if I was his agent, get him in summer league. Well, get, why didn't? Needs, why? I don't he? know. That's a, you got to play games. Yeah, no, a workout's fine. An individual workout's fine. Teams aren't questioning his like skill level. Like the guy's a talented passer. He's got size. Can he hit a jumper every once in a while? How's he show mo- it off can he defend? Game. How's he moving? How's he moving? How yep. are his knees holding up? You, it, It's not just an individual workout that they watch for 90 minutes. Yep. It is, all right, what about the individual workout the next day? Is he is he working out the game next day? Game by game, exactly. Is, is he playing pickup? Is he doing runs? Th- those are the questions that teams are going to have about him. I think it would have been beneficial for him to play in the summer league, and maybe he just wasn't at that point yet. I don't know. 
But yeah, I think his pathway to get back to the league is to try to get a training camp invite and probably have to grind out the G League. And then he's going to really have to have an honest conversation with himself. Is that something he wants to do? Like, how bad do you want it? Because it's not easy. It's hard. It's a different it's grind. really hard. And especially since he already had that taste of NBA and, um, you know, it was health that was always yeah. holding him back. You know, it wasn't all, it wasn't just his talent. And obviously at times, like we didn't even get to really see his talent because it was the health holding him back. So yeah, I, I think that's the biggest question. Can you play an entire G league season without sitting out because of injuries without sitting out because of soreness? And that is when a team is going to take him seriously. Shout out to Mitch, who also donated via Super Chat. What is your take on Chance Comanche since you saw him a lot in the G League? And he also adds Keon needs to be on the roster. I like Chance. Good lob threat. Plays with passion, energy. He'll block some shots. Um, did I mention lob threat? Did I, already did. Say, I did say that. He fouls a lot. He looks, I'll tell you this, Good though, rebounder. he looks a lot more polished than he did last year. Like, even there was a moment that we saw him, um, he was, like, on the other block, but his timing of coming over and help was just, was perfect to contest the shot. And then on the next time down, you know, he's getting a little handsy and fouling someone. Uh, that would be the biggest thing you see that he needs to work on is just his hands being active and 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 playing defense without fouling, but love his intensity, love that he's a lob threat and he's able to throw it down because there's been, oh, and just I love the way that he gets in there and rebounds too because he's he is down to go back up with it. There were times that you'd see him like, okay, what? why are you going back up with that when there's three guys on you? But I think that's something that he's just getting better and better at. Oh, maybe he gets a training camp invite. Yeah. By team. Another guy that was with him last year, but... You know, I, I view him right at this point as a G League guy. But he also, yeah. I mean, the guy could play in Europe, wherever. So. Right. Um, we need to talk about Keegan Murray coming up. We also need to talk about some rule changes in the NBA. And we officially have details on the NBA in-season tournament. But first, we should mention that tonight's Night Chat, presented by a New York Times bestselling author, the one and only T.R. Reagan. I actually showed Sean first on the screen, but we'll start with TR. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. So I just finished um, TR Reagan's book, Buried Deep on the Plane to Vegas. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, I want more. Like I literally text her. I'm like, what What do I read next? Why did it take me so long to read all these thrillers? Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that last part. I was going to ask you, this is your mom we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you did not start reading her books uh -huh. until this year. Yeah. It literally until 2023 daughter of the year i was just you guys i've read her books prior to you, you. did you did years ago yeah, yeah, yeah i was years i was scared and you even told me that her books you're like buckle up they're they're creepy and i was just always scared i didn't want to go to bed with nightmares and so then i figured out what i need to do read during the day and or do it just an audible book so anyway if you're looking for some good summer reads especially since we're going to be in the downtime with the nba make sure to check out tr reagan's books you can go to trreagan.com or just search tr reagan on amazon also presented by our buddy sean stanfield over at guaranteed rate and rate.com slash sean stanfield you know buying a house could be kind of a stressful process can i afford to buy a house does it make sense now should i do it now you probably have so many questions and i'm telling you 
Sean is the perfect guy to ask these questions. He's going to walk you through the process and make it super easy. He's helped many of our podcast listeners, yeah. as you know, and I've seen some of the videos he's put together for people in the past. And I mean, he breaks it down. It's not like he's like, I'll get you in the house no matter what. If it doesn't make sense, like he's not going to do it. But he is going to make sure you know everything you could possibly need to know about purchasing a house. He's not sending you a PDF saying, all right, read through this 8,000 page thing and figure it out if it makes sense. He's going to put a video together and make it just talk to you about the process. Make it super easy for you. So go to his website, rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. That's rate.com slash Sean Stanfield. You can also call or text him at 916-276-7563. That's 916-276-7563. Equal housing lender. That's subject to credit approval. NMLS ID number 349707. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Thanks so much, my friends. Guaranteed. Great. Guaranteed. Right. It's so good. It's so dumb. You're still getting used to that one. I am. I am. Yeah. I'm like, why is Charles Barkley yelling at me after Sean's read? Ugh. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. After the end of a good fight, deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, Morgan, a couple of things. Someone in the chat was mentioning that it sounds like you really enjoyed Vegas because of your voice. So, yeah. A Ve few things. Go ahead. Well, one, karaoke. But two, let's be real. Thomas and Mac, their speakers suck. So whenever the the um, MC is talking, you literally can't talk. Or unless you scream over that voice. Then dinners in vegas do you know every single dinner place has loud music you have to talk over loud music so yes i lost my voice a lot of good food in vegas i think the most fun i had though was that last night 
I had never experienced old Vegas before. That was Fremont cool. Street. That was you know it's fun because it's like the, the casinos have yeah. a little more. Uh, we went to Four Queens, right? Yeah, and. One, the the look of the places are cool. I love the like outdoor indoor the feel lights. of the casinos. The light, the, I'm a sucker for old lights, yeah. dude. I love the look. You know, there's a lot of different characters in old Vegas. You there's think you think Vegas has characters? characters? Old Vegas, it's a different level of it's, characters. I went to go to the bathroom. I'm going. I'm like I'm walking. I'll be right back. I gotta go to the bathroom, so I'm walking. Security, this armed security, hey hey hey, can't come in. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is there something I did like? There was something going on in the bathroom. I'm like, there's all this commotion. All of a sudden, there's a line building up of all these guys who have to go to the bathroom because there was some lunatic inside person going crazy in there that they had to drag out. And he comes out there, like, taking a picture of him. Like, you can't come back here. I'm like, oh my, I'm like, just get him out so I can go to the bathroom. But those are the type of characters. Uh, At one point, there was an issue where someone in our group got uh, bumped into by a woman and some of the, her drink went to the woman's face this or on woman, her arm too. And, and the woman was heated and I'm like, Oh man. And then she walked away and then I saw, see her turn back around and beeline toward us. I'm like, I, I turned to the people in our guys like, just say, sorry, just say, sorry, just say, sorry. That's our game plan. Here. And guess what can, I said? You I said, sorry. I said, I said, can I get you a towel to wipe it off? Yeah, it sounds sarcastic, though. No, it didn't. <laughs> I know it didn't. I felt bad. Yeah, yeah. I felt really, because it was like, you could just tell she was like embarrassed and mad and like wanted to beat some ass. And I was just like, yeah. oh, can I please go get you a towel and we can wipe this off and call it a day? What was your favorite part about the Vegas experience outside of watching all the summer league games? Oh, okay. So outside of... Because we watch probably like 40 games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So outside of like being at, let's say, like Thomas and Mac and yeah. Cox Pavilion, um, I would say, you know, I re- I just really had a fun time. Like it's sometimes it's weird to me uh, feeling like I actually have like adult friends and uh i don't know just some some, friend, just, some friendships were built and just like you know it's it's really nice it's really nice i, I remember a kind of funny moment i was just thinking what? About me and you were at a bar at the win okay and oh yeah and, and, and i see paul george and i swear to god every year i see paul george and there's always like 30 people walking with him so i see i see paul george walk i'm like more there's paul george again and she's what she looks, and there's a ton of people. I'm like, he always rolls so deep in Vegas. And then this woman turns around. She goes, oh, actually, this is... Uh, That's his family. This is family and friends with him, blah, blah, blah. They just went I, to dinner. I'm actually... I do marketing for his podcast. I'm like, oh, I wasn't saying it in a and bad way. And we're like, we're like, no, no, we actually... Well, one, we actually really like the podcast, but two, we <laughs> like Paul George, too. It wasn't supposed to but be negative. But it was negative. so awkward. I was like, I hope it didn't come across negative. And then I was like... I just listened to his podcast in the flight with Julius Randall. I thought I was like referencing things. Yes. I felt like I was overcompensating for And then, and then I say like, well, if you ever need anything from us, what yeah, are we going to do for like, Paul yeah, George? Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Our podcast, it gets millions of downloads. Yeah. We'll definitely hit up oh, this cute podcast in Sacramento. Based in Sacramento. Bye. Um, yeah. Old Vegas was amazing with the old casinos um, and the lights. So what else did you like hanging out with great friends? I just, okay. Yeah. I had, I had a lot of fun hanging out it's with very, like, like kind of vague answer, but sure. no, no, truly, because I felt like last year it was like getting to know a lot of people and connecting with people where this year it was a lot more like, um, like building friendships. And that was 
it just I don't yeah I don't do that often I don't stay out late in Sacramento I don't do that often so it's like being able to connect with other people my age and like all we're all like passionate about the same things it's just really cool I like really Vegas brought out the best of me I'm starting to like Vegas now. honestly I kind of do too. I talk so much shit about Vegas and now I'm starting to be like I need to stop that was a real like I enjoyed Vegas as a whole. I wasn't melting. Great people. I was surrounded by great people. Great time. Great time. A lot of fun. Yeah. I say this every year, but if you're an NBA fan and you have not been to Vegas Summer League, save up and go. Just go. Just go even for a day. You know, if you're in California, go for a day. Go for a day or two. It is so much fun. And just make it like an experience. Like, I'm going to go. From the first game all the way till the end, and then go out. Yes. Have some dinner. Enjoy the nightlife. It's great. Like commit the day yep. to being at the arena watching basketball all day. Cause like if you tell yourself, I just need to watch this game, I'm bored, then you're gonna be bored. But if you're like actually trying to go into each game, like who do you want to watch? What do you want to see? Watch the end of some of these games and just like some of these new rule changes and everything. Before I get to the new rule changes, I did want to read something that Chris Mannix had to say on Ryan Rosillo's podcast Ooh, today. What? Saw that they were talking about the Kings, so I went through and I went to listen. Chris Mannix said that they look at him and they see Keegan Murray as a potential franchise player. They believe he's as good as anyone they have on their roster, including De'Aaron Fox, including Demonis Sabonis. They believe he's that next star for their team. He also talked about some of their moves, saying, yeah, they did, they're confident in internal growth, what they have on that roster. Love it. What do you think when you hear someone say that the Kings view Keegan as a potential franchise player? Do you agree? I I feel like saying, like, I, I agree. Said, just to be yeah, clear, yeah. I said a potential franchise player. Okay. Is there a world where you see that? I'm not yes, asking you to predict yes, it. Yes. God, I, you're I, such like, a coward. Like, yeah, I don't. Because I, I feel like sometimes being like putting pressure on that and like it being a hot take is weird. But yes, a potential franchise player. Absolutely. Um, some might be like, wait, what, why after one year, can you see that you see that in this person that not only is obsessed with basketball, he's obsessed with getting better. He is a good teammate. He, I I mean, whether, whether you like people that say five words a year or not, it doesn't matter if he's balling out. Who gives a shit, right? And I think with someone like him, you look at, again, body size, wingspan, all that, and the ability to shoot the damn ball. What? Ew. And now he's taking a leap in his game with putting the ball on the floor. Uh, What? Like, how could you not just see this getting better and better? Well, thanks for saying that, Morgan. I I heard you really like golf, too. It's me, Keegan. No, I I knew. Yeah, I like like swinging. Is that what they say about golf? I don't know. I can't do it. I I have not worked on that enough to do it. Uh, yeah, I. The summer league, one we were high on Keegan last year, but seeing how he played in the summer league, I know don't get too high in summer league. Yeah, but it was a different level of confidence he played with. I mean, it was the step back threes. It was blocking shots. It was playing with confidence, being vocal with his teammates on the floor. It gave me more confidence. That and going back to the last couple of playoff games against the Warriors, I went, 
they got something here. You know, now where does that lead in the future? We'll see. But I can definitely see him taking another jump this year and being more a more solidified like oh he is the number three remember the conversation we had before last season it was like hey who do you think's the number three on this team and we both of us were like i think it's gonna be by committee i think some nights it's herder some nights it's barnes maybe it's keegan that's what it kind of ended up being yeah malik monk in there too i think keegan can definitely establish himself next year as like oh he can be that number three guy especially with what he has added to his game i I think, remember when, when a lot of the trade rumors were going around or whatever, and it was like, it was like, there's no way they're going to trade, you know, like put Keegan in a deal. You'd hear like teams, Masai, whoever would want Keegan in a deal, whatever. And you're like, Morgan, I don't know. Like we already saw Monty. He's pretty ruthless. Tyrese, blah, blah. I still think they feel differently about Keegan and not only just seeing that quote, but I think they feel different about King Murray, and you will not see him uh, get traded. You mentioned Tyrese, and it made me oh. <laughs> think of this. One, we did say what's up to Tyrese. Love Tyrese. But we ran into his dad, and oh. long, long-time and podcast Brenda, listeners. Yes, but lot, long-time podcast listeners know that, you know, I had a little relationship with John Halliburton. I mean, still do. I yeah. Mean, but uh, I saw him. I've never seen him hug someone so tight like he hugged Morgan until he, he got you? done with her and hugged me. <laughs> like so my, cute. my mom never hugged me like that. My dad wasn't around to hug me like that. I've never been hugged like that before. No, it I was, was like, it I, was I, started sweet. Calling, I started calling him dad, but that's it. Did you really? No, but he hugged me so funny. tight. But he was so happy. Like he's so happy. Like so obviously happy. for Tyrese, because Tyrese just got two hundred sixty million dollars. So cool. But the funniest thing was her saying bye. He goes, "Hey, I want you to meet this guy." He introduces me to Tyrese's agent, who's like, "He got this deal done in three days." All I'm thinking about is Tyrese's agent's going, "Who? Are, why am I talking like John, to these people John, from no, Sacramento?" He probably isn't saying, "Why am I talking to these people?" Because he knew who we are too. He knew about us. Yeah, I don't know. I did, you claim that I don't know. About he's that. he said it to my face. Yeah, like, he's probably being nice. Oh yeah, I've seen. I your don't. Stuff. And, well, what about that other that other random guy that one night that was yeah, like some other agent? See, yeah. like knew who who we were. Mm. Like that's weird. Yeah, that's like to me. I'm like you know I call Stockton games. I was like oh my god. I just thought it was a funny story. But John Halliburton gave us the biggest hug ever. It was cute. It was cute um love his little family they're all adorable they all deserve all all the money that's coming that way to that family it's uh good for them i'm so really happy money, for dude. them so much money oh, so man. much great yeah. great point if Halliburton's agent got him that deal what can he do for deuce and mo i guess yeah that's a great point that's should, why he introduced yeah, that's us that's why he's trying to help us out he's like do you want a 200 million dollar deal yeah We'll have uh, to connect. Anyway, to sum up the Chris Mannix thing with Rusillo, it is cool to hear others talk about the Kings. And also, like, Chris Mannix is obviously talking to some people with the Kings who believe very highly in Keegan Murray. So cool yeah. to hear. And hopefully he can reach those heights. Because if he can be a franchise guy, oh, my God. The, I mean, his size, his shooting ability, how he carries himself. Mm. All of it. All of the damn above. Morgan, we also... Have new details on the in-season tournament. Are you excited for this in-season tournament? It starts Friday, November 3rd with the tournament nights on Tuesday and Friday nights. So 
You got six different groups of five, right? Mm -hmm. So three in each conference and 30 teams. Uh, eight teams will advance to the knockout round. So those are the teams atop the groups. Okay. And then two of the other teams based on where their records are. They have all these tiebreaker scenarios. So they're sending eight teams to a single elimination knockout round with the semifinals and the finals taking place in Las Vegas. That's going to be crazy. The Kings, we know what group they're going to be in. They're going to be playing a total of four games, okay. two at home, two on the road. Their group features the Warriors, the T-Wolves, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I talked to a couple people in Vegas, and I'm being serious here. The buzz is there's a lot of people throughout the league who think this is the type of tournament that a team like the Kings can win. Because it's like early in the season. They play their guys all the time. They're ready to go. They, they're trying to win. That this is the type of this is the type of tournament that they could actually have success in. So that's one. Two, just the concept of the tournament. I feel like it's mixed. I think there's a lot of people out there like, there's I don't care about this. What's it matter? I think I felt that way at one point. I have gotten to the point with this where it's early in the season. And I see the league's thinking. Yep. It's more. I feel like it's every year. It's of course the hardcore people who listen to our podcast. We're watching games all the time, right? Okay. Starting October. We're, I mean, we're watching summer league games. We're breaking down the summer league. We're insane. But the casuals, Fun. it's like Christmas time. Oh, the Christmas day games. That's when the NBA season starts. So. Before that, how do you add some level of intrigue maybe to fans? Like if there's a single elimination tournament, oh, these Tuesday, Friday games feel like they have a little more meaning and you have a chance to win something in the season. I'm not saying you're going to feel the joy of making the playoffs or winning a playoff series or duh, winning a championship, but I have no problem for the league looking at ways to make the early season action just a little more intriguing that ends up with something on the line at the end, winning a cup, maybe some extra money for these guys. I think it could be cool. I'm open-minded to it. And I think long-term, you maybe add some teams from Europe to it to make it even more competitive. Okay. I like the idea of the in-season tournament. God, it took you a long time to get there. I was setting up all the things I liked about it. What? Why wouldn't you want me to stop in the middle of it? Eh, what do you think? Eh, was I talking too long? No. Well, no. It was like, it was like for a second... You were feeling the need to convince uh, others. Yeah, I, I am. I'm sorry. Do you now work for the league? I mean, no, but I'm. I feel. <laughs> but like I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm with even without all of that. I'm absolutely with you. I think at first, like it's, um, it sounds very foreign to us sure. and and a sports league. Uh, especially in this country, but you see so much success with it overseas. Why wouldn't you try to mirror that if it could make sense? And I think with their, their format, I think it could really make sense. And I, I think there's going to be so many people that try to shit on it, just like they tried to do with the play in tournament. Right. Yeah. And look at how, that has become something so great. The, we, all, we all get amped for the play-in yes. play tournament. 
You do, you do. So I feel like that's what this is going to be. Like, we need to see it first, and then people are going to be buying in. I'm excited. I'm just excited for I guess my basketball. question oh, for my those kidding. who don't like it or like, oh, I don't, is it going to hurt? Like, if you enjoy the regular season as is, what's it matter if the league goes, hey, we're going to make these Tuesday, Friday games, the cup games or whatever. Yeah. And this could lead to an in-season tournament. Like, I don't see how that hurts the product. Yeah. I, I think, if anything, it makes it a little more interesting. And let's also acknowledge something, Sacramento fans. Oh. You know damn well if the Kings got oh. to the semifinals or they that knockout round and advance, we'd be going apeshit. You're like, excited. Let's go. Let's just win it. Who cares? I mean, why not just win it? Nick would be here saying, why not just why win it? Why not just win it? Let's win the NBA Cup. And I, mean, I oh. ultimately, what's the, what do any of these awards mean? It's got me hyped. It's just a fun way to celebrate the game and add a little more intrigue early in the season. Yeah. Before the Christmas Day games. Yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely with you. I'm also like excited to see how it's really going to um, turn out because I think the marketing sometimes going into this stuff, like they try to like make yeah. it such a big deal and it's like hey don't try too hard you know like let's not make it weird now like just let it let it happen let it be something that basketball fans love and don't just make it for like i don't know people that bet i, I also would say that it could be it could be a situation that looks different year one than it does year five maybe there is some more meaning in the future there's nothing sure. to say they don't change it up and add some layers to this like i mentioned the whole euro league comp component I think that's like an interesting one. Like if you had a Euroleague teams involved in this too. Yeah. Where they qualify and then all of a sudden you're playing Olympiacos. Tell me that wouldn't be kind of interesting. Then you kind of get the world. Yeah. Playing against his former team. <laughs> that would be pretty badass. And they lose. And he's like, why did I ever come <laughs> okay. to the NBA? Okay. I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what it looks like. I put that poll question up in the chat. Ooh. Are you excited for the in-season tournament? The options, no, it does nothing for me. Wow. Yes, the early season needs a boost, and I'm open-minded. 40% of people saying, I'm open-minded. 33% saying, yes, the early season needs a boost. And 26% of the people who have voted in this say, no, it does nothing for me. I like what Casey just had to say, because this is why all the teams want to win. He said, come on, you know a lot of teams are going to want to win the first one, though. That will be league history trivia forever i think the one thing that funny irritates me with the conversation sometimes it's like yeah but what does this mean for the players well i don't know how about you just be competitive right you're playing in a game like i, I the game should matter in the regular season i know like, yeah but dudes you know for some of these winning teams they don't care about the games in october november december well maybe it gives them a little more incentive just to go out there and like hey, let's put on a show these games are going to be on national tv yeah if you get to vegas all eyes are on you it's going to be a big nba event it, it's cool just i mean if you like the league if you like playing i don't see how it's a bad thing i agree and especially since these games are uh are regular season games anyway, right? Except the championship. The except, championship game yeah. would be a game 83. That's for those, it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, so it's one game. And in that game, you're playing for money in the middle of the, or not even in the middle of the season, in the beginning of the season. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't give already a little bit more of an incentive with just the eyes that would be on these important games, you know? 
I don't know. I think that's what's happened with the play in tournament. Um, some of those those playing games that I know were will sometimes be like, I don't know if I'm gonna watch that or when it's the the game that what is it, seven and eight? I'm trying to think what game it is when they have to play a second game. Yeah, I mean I, I care about all of them. So same. I don't know. Well, yeah. same, but no, but there has been a game before where well, I guess it's not the playing tournament. I guess it'll be like round one of like Washington, whoever yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time ago. But yeah, but my point is that all the important small games that have like the meaning to it, if if you enjoy watching hoops, like you're even a little bit more intrigued with watching those games. We also got a couple of new rule changes in the league. It's official. We will get those flopping technicals. Mm. De'Aaron Fox does not like that idea. Thinks it gives the officials too much power. Others Ooh. are saying, if there's a flop, how about this? You just don't call anything. You just we don't let players sell contact. Don't reward them for it. Why would you have to give a technical stop play to do it? I, That's uh, an interesting I'm one. of the opinion, like, no, you know what? Flopping's gone so out of hand. Guys are falling down on three-point attempts. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of James Harden falling down on every three-pointer he decides to launch. Give him a technical for that. Because we, we need to curb it a little bit. And maybe it ends up being an epic failure. But just like I said with the play-in turn or the in-season tournament, it doesn't mean that this rule is in there for the rest of basketball's history. No. They always get a, a Take it away. Adjust. They can adjust. And on top of that, that technical doesn't go to like if they yeah. get a second technical, it they don't get ejected. Yeah. So it's like um, they're trying to find a way by giving the officials power to that. Yeah. It. it there's going to be moments that it's like, what the shit? But they also just need to make sure that they are using their um, the people back at the office watching some of these they're at the replay center and. Make sure you're utilizing those people. But I don't Get know if that's. Quick. I don't know if that's the protocol with that. I mean, I think it's the officials. But I'm on saying the floor. it should be the protocol with everything, though. It should be the protocol. But I mean, it's, it's not. Right. So again, I'm going to say this. It should be the protocol with everything when they go back to the replay center and they're like, "Hey, we just see so and so challenged that." Someone should already be watching that yeah. and should have just as much power to be able to be like, "Hey, guys, we just watched that three times as you're walking over and talking about it, and this is what we feel." Watch it once, boom, we agree. Like, it just needs to be a quicker process. Yeah, the, it, being more efficient with the coaches' challenges and replays should be a huge priority for the league, especially because the other rule change is the additional coaches' challenge. If you get the first one, you still can use another challenge. So, yeah, I, I'm mixed on that because I, I, it does make sense. I just think this game doesn't need more stoppages you right know, replays right, right. like you were just saying just take too long like let's keep the game moving as far as the technicals for flopping i don't know on the surface i think i i like it but then now we're we're trusting that the officials with everything that they have to worry about during a game we ch trust their judgment enough to determine what's a flop and what's not a flop mm. that's tough that's tough <laughs> and especially like their biases yeah. come into play and everything um Speaking of officials, Scott Foster was sitting right next to me. That was very interesting. That was cool. I was just like, oh, Scott Foster. Yeah, I probably talked shit about you on the podcast. Hey. I'm sitting right next to you. I probably have. <laughs> oh, I was just like, yeah, yeah. Please don't look at me. Yeah, the the where we were sitting at the game, there was like a mix of a ton of NBA referees. Yeah. 
scouts, exact. I mean, just a mix of people. Just a whole bunch of people. Yeah, that was really was cool. interesting. That is Scott Foster next to us, huh? He's wearing hmm. a hat. Hmm. I know. The party wants to like talk to them too. And you're like, hey, Scott, can I ask you something? But you know, they're Would they're never. working. They're watching. Exactly. They're watching the young officials, and that's the other thing with summer league. We we think about it for players, coaches. Same thing for officials too. It's Dude. a training ground. They're trying to figure out. All right, is this person ready to be in the G League? Are they ready to be in the WNBA, the NBA? Where, where are they not good enough for any of they this? They have people scouting just individual officials and a, with a yeah, camera no. just on a fish, an official. Yeah, I don't know why you're holding it like a telescope, but yeah. There so, he so is. There was a guy sitting in front of us, and we're like, oh, he's filming the game. And I'm like, oh, no, he is literally following one official the whole time. Love it. Shh. Like they're working on shit, yeah. and I can appreciate that. Yeah, that was really interesting to uh, to see all that. A couple other things I wanted to get to. We talked about the flopping technicals. Are you so? Did I? I don't know if I got your actual take on it. We talked about like I think a couple podcasts ago too. Are you cool with it or? There's a lot we did talk about this. The different podcasts. There's a lot I like about it, but it's going to have to be a wait and see thing. Okay. Uh, another interesting thing that happened in Las Vegas, Zion Williamson was randomly showed up to Gilbert Arenas's podcast in Vegas. And like, he wasn't like a scheduled guest, but he popped in for a second. I want to play a portion of it uh, for you on the pod. Is it hard to diet at your age? Uh, geez. Be honest. This is you. I'll be real. Uh, there are times when I will say that, man, that shit hard. It's hard, man. Like, you 20, 22, got a lot of money. All the, it feel like all the money in the world, man. It is hard, but uh, I'm at that point now where because of certain things, I'm putting back, like, the wisdom around me, a bunch of, like, I don't want to say older because they take offense to it. But, <laughs> and I'm just putting people around me with wisdom, put me on game to certain things, and just go from there. Yeah. Man, look, I'm 20. I'm, I'm 41. I still can't break soda. <laughs> okay, so there's Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> soda. Um, he went on to say that he's a hooper. When I'm sitting on the sidelines watching my teammates in certain games, they're losing. I know if I was out there, I could change the outcome. What I want people to know about me is I just want to hoop. I want to be out there. Nobody wants to just sit on the sideline. I think that's what I want people to understand. I don't want to be on the sideline. Y'all think I want to sit over there hurt? I don't. He also talked about it's not just about the diet for him. He said it's more of locking in on flexibility and band work. I think it's those things that will be able to keep me on the court longer rather than losing a bunch of weight and coming to play. I, I mean, it's definitely both, right? Like it's it's um, because you lose the weight and then all those other things with your flexibility and your body, you're just doing better things for your joints. But when he talks about band work and flexibility, Think about how annoying it is, you guys. Anyone that's ever had a surgery and you just like you're rehabbing with a band and in the the time that goes into it, and it's kind of annoying because it feels like you're not doing anything or it kind of hurts. And it's just like, man, this is exhausting uh, mentally and physically. I know that sounds so stupid, but he's right. When you're getting paid and making all that money in the world, like that's part of the job. That rehab, that band work is absolutely something he should yeah. have already been doing. Well, that and like, no, diet still matters, dude. And it like really matters. And, I, and I'm not acting as if like 
it's always an easy thing. I mean, I think as humans, we all struggle with it. Yes. I struggle. Well, I've talked about this year. Like, it's been tough sometimes, right? I'm having a hard time. Yeah. I mean, yes. Morgan, you're fluffy. Yeah. Like, you're, you've said. Okay. You've said that like three times now. But that's what you said. No. Like, you have said that three times. I've said that two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. I've said and now few. you've said it three other times. Okay, Morgan, you've said you're fluffy. Should we, should we talk about you? We don't Your pear-shaped freaking love handles going on down here? Like, what the shit is okay, that? I know I have love handles. That's because I have a lot of love. No, it's because you're getting fat, so figure it out. Go <laughs> Anyway, so my point being with Zion, though, yeah. is like, I think his point, he like, he does his... I th think what he was trying to say is like, hey, I work on the diet, and then I get to the uh, the season, and it just kind of comes back because of the the grind of the NBA season. It's like, no, man, it's discipline. Yeah, I I hate to be, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but dude, we're talking about it. You're you're an NBA player, mind you, a very important piece to a franchise. Very important. You have all, all any of money, right? Yeah. But the team will do anything to make sure you are eating properly and working out properly and in addition to that doing the band work yep like the, i know the kings they have a kitchen in their practice facility with two chefs on site that will make breakfast smoothies dinners lunches like all the nba above. players have it set like there's really no excuse for you not to do it. If you're choosing not to, if you are in bad shape, if you're not eating well, it's on you, it's on you 100%. Yep. So don't tell me about band work and flexibility. No, it's all of it. It's working out, it's cardio, it's eating well. You got to get it together otherwise you're not you're never going to be healthy. No, it's so it's so true. And just like you said, it is not easy, but it's just like um a lot of those actors that you hear talk about like uh, who's, who's the hot dude that does the juice Mason? No. Um, that's the God in Marvel movies. Why can't I think of his name? And I can't even think of the God. Can someone? Thor? Oh yeah. Thor and Hemsworth. There we go. The Hemsworth guy. He's yeah. even like the Hemsworth guy. Yeah. yeah. Which he's one? The hot one. He's even like, it's part of my job. You're talking about Chris Hemsworth. I think it's the other one. Oh, wait, or is it Chris? Is Chris Wait, Hemsworth? Just, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. It's Chris oh Hemsworth. God. Okay, God, I don't know why I can't think of his name. So Chris Hemsworth, um, he's talked about how, like, yeah, it's part of my, like, I'm getting paid yes. to work out, to be in this shape for a certain role. Like, Zion, you are getting paid right. that money to take care of your body with the resources around you because you have the money now to put everything around you as well. Also, if it's a deeper issue... Like it's something that you need like therapy for. For sure, dude. You can dude. get that too, man. You, yes. There's, you, you have certain responsibilities. It's like you just said, dude, you're under contract to play basketball. You're not healthy. Why aren't you healthy? You're getting banged up. You're getting out of shape. Even looking at him there, I'm like, he doesn't look like he's in shape to me. For a yeah. guy who hasn't played in a long time, it, he right now, the perception on him until he changes it is he is this freak of nature when he's out there, but he got paid. And he's out of shape, hurt, and doesn't look like he's really doing much to get back. That's the wrap on him until he changes it. And that's it's unfortunate. Absolutely. No, I I and I hope he can get back into the shape that we all want to see him in because what a unique, fun, special player yep. he can be. And I mean, you just think about New Orleans and 
I, I always feel bad for an organization that like, or a fan base that loses a player, a franchise player, and then you get another one and then they're not even doing what they're yeah. supposed to do. I so. just, I hope you can turn it around. Yeah. He's one of my favorites when he's out there. Uh, another thing from Las Vegas, Chris Paul talked to the media for the first time. He was introduced as a member of the Golden State Warriors, and he was asked about his role on the team. The bench playing with the second unit that's a lot younger than this, the Warriors of the past have been, of JK and Moses. Just what do you think of, of their depth, their their bench players that you might be playing alongside? Uh, you coaching? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't know what is what the situation is going to be yet. You know what I mean? So I think that'll be for us to, to figure out once we get going. You've never come off the bench in your entire career. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? Um, like I said, it'll be a conversation for us when camp starts or whatnot. But me and Steve have talked or whatnot. But I, you know, that ain't something that you'd be like, what up, man? Where are you starting? You coming off the You know what I mean? So I think we'll figure all that stuff out in camp. Chris, you never... So here's my question. One, God, I just want to ask. No, His response what is, a knows, Are you coaching? Are you the coach? Are you the coach? No, it was a fair question, man. You are joining a team that has Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. You're 38 years old. There is a possibility you could be coming off the bench. How do you feel about the depth on this team? Blah, blah, blah. What you can do for it. Are you the coach? Um, but... Ew. I, Ew. <laughs> Ew. Anyway. I, I'm really curious how Chris Paul really feels about the trade to the Warriors. I think, you know, I think, you, I think we all know, like, I think, you don't think he's happy about it. No, or... no. And I, and I, again, just always from hearing things about Chris Paul, like over the years and being like, some people don't like him. And then you hear teammates, there are teammates that do like playing with him and all these things. It's, um, the way that he, his body languages and the way that he responded to these questions alone, like as a veteran, as a professional, no, he does not seem happy yeah. to be in this situation. And in some ways, I don't blame him, but I'm sure that there's other things about relationships that we don't even know about, whether it's Steve Kerr or with Steph or just how he's going to be viewed as a player in his last couple of years. I think he's good enough to start in this league. Agreed. There's some people who, uh, not every team, obviously, right? Like the Warriors maybe sure. be one of them. There's some talk that maybe they go even smaller and start. They do start him with Curry and Thompson and Draymond and Wiggins and go with the small lineup. I just look at them and I go, look, I know the names are sexy. I understand Chris Paul's resume and maybe him playing fewer minutes. He's able to be very impactful. I just look at them and go, they don't have enough size. They're, they're, just, they're a flawed team and that will be another year older. Steph's another year older. CP3 is old. Clay's had his issues. It's I'm I'm. I'm definitely right there. Yeah. Like I, I, I just think of the situation last year. I know it's obviously not the same, but when LeBron really wanted Russell Westbrook and then Westbrook came on the team and remember how many times we talked about him and how he should be coming off the bench. There's no shooting around LeBron. There was the spacing on the floor was awful. All, all the above. I look at that with Chris Paul and why are we trying to make the excuse like, Oh, they just go with a smaller lineup if it's not the best lineup to put around Steph Curry, Curry, Curry to be a winning team, 
then why 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 are we go who we, why are we trying to make someone happy? Why are we trying to make Chris Paul happy? Just have him come off the bench. That is a great player to have come off your bench and have your depth in your second unit be able to to play at a high level. It's, it is so much easier said than done. I know, you know and, and like, I know this, so that's why I'm saying it from just a basketball standpoint, not from obviously how things work in the NBA. I know. I just don't know that's going to be a great fit. I, I don't I, either. The last thing I wanted to bring up was the Dame Lillard saga that we're still kind of waiting on. Uh, he demanded the trade. He's dead set on going to the Miami Heat. In fact, his agent was like sitting with Miami Heat brass at Summer League. Oh. Joe Cronin, the Blazers general manager, spoke to the media earlier this week. He said that the trade could take months to complete in order to satisfy the objective of leaving the franchise in the best possible position if he ultimately trades away one of the best players to ever wear the team's uniform. Quote, I think what I've learned more than anything is patience is critical. Don't be reactive. Don't jump at things just to seemingly solve a problem. I think that the teams that have ended up in the most positive situations post-trade have been the ones that have really been diligent in taking their time and not being impulsive or the teams that really kept their urgency under control so i think that's how our, my approach has been with this and will be with this we're going to be patient we're going to do what's best for our team we're going to see how this lands and if it takes months it takes months Whew. yeah well, i mean yes that's what they should do and i understand it's like hey man this guy's one of your franchise guys you didn't put pieces around him for years just trade the guy to miami trade him where he wants to go if Miami's offering them crap and not giving them a, the best possible deal, yep. then you know what? Wait it out. Wait it out. Yeah. What do you have to lose? The guy wants to leave you. He makes a lot of money. Like, no, he's make a, the right deal for your team. He's a huge asset that you might never. Well, even though you have Scoot, you a lot of teams don't ever go get to see that value in a player with their franchise again. I I mean, and it's always scary not making the right move um and not feeling like you're getting enough back but you also want to do it while his value is high dame's value is going to remain high right it's like i know he had his his health and everything come into play last year um but i think everyone still understands what dame lillard yeah. is capable of and if you believe that he's a winner and you want him a part of your roster and you think that you could be better having him on your roster, even if it meant like, like obviously getting rid of um, a lot of your roster, then you do it. I don't know what team that is, though. Yeah, you've heard the Clippers could have interest, the yep. Sixers. I'm sure there are other teams. San Antonio has been mentioned in this. And, of course, Miami. But they're putting it out there. Dame's side is like, no, it's Miami. Or nothing, which is interesting because it's not like he has a no trade clause right. either. So I think he ends up in Miami still. I just think they're going to wait it out, which I think sucks for a lot of NBA execs who are looking to start vacation soon. They're like, all right. like, they, wait, Does I, it really suck or does it give them months? Well, I think it sucks for the rest of the teams in the NBA. I think Miami just wants to get this deal done, get it taken care of. And it's not likely to be a deal that's just a trade between those two. It's going to be maybe three, four teams. Those are some extra layers. And I'm sure those conversations were happening in Vegas. They're happening now, trying to get it all figured out. But if 
It's not a deal they like. And I'm with them. Like, I'm holding out. Like, you're sending me Hawkes. You're sending me Jovic. You're sending me picks. Like, I'm not just going to donate Dame Lillard because he wants to be in Miami, a part of that team with Bam and Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. You got Yeah. You got to sell them at a high price. Like, I mean, how many times have we seen some of these players and it's like, wait, that's all it took. And sometimes the waiting game and patience will do that, though, to a team as well. Um, it's all it's all what like gambling, it's business, it's all I don't know, it's weird. It's nothing I would ever want to do with my life. I do wonder if the Kings could get involved in this trade and maybe snag a piece from one oh, of these and teams. Oh, like a three team. Well, a bigger deal. Bobby Marks was talking about um before California Classic like that if it was Miami, it would ha- there would have to be a third team involved. Yeah. Like that that there's basically no path of it being just Dame Lillard um, to the Heat and whatever they were going to send back. It would have to be a third team uh, being involved because of cap and everything else. Well, it's good catching up with you after Vegas, Morgan. Oh, uh, my god! We're going to be dropping another podcast on Friday with Colby Jones, and then we'll drop one the week after. We're still trying to navigate how we're going to handle the rest of the NBA offseason. Yeah. You know, we're, we're heading toward the slow time, so – kind of our thought process going forward is to try to have some cool conversations with NBA people. Yeah. And and if not that though, you know, also making sure that even if we're coming on here and just like having fun and talking with all of you about random things, you yeah. know, us like we can get a wheel. Yeah. Spin it. I, I think, it I think if we do some random chats that are even podcasts, yeah. we might do that. We're definitely going to be dropping videos on our YouTube page all the time still with any news that's happening, random content. Uh, but the podcast will be probably a little different. We'll be doing more conversations. I hope we get some big names. I'm working on some stuff, Mo. <laughs> Why are you rubbing your hands like I'm that? Like, you know me, I'm working on some stuff. All right. Can't I'm wait to hear working. who. Let's go. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We love you guys so so much but we gots to go you're all the best thank you so much we'll see you soon deuce and mo deuce and mo deuce and mo they tell you what they know deuce and mo deuce and mo deuce and mo the podcast that you know deuce and mo say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.